0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. We have two topics tonight. We're going to be talking about this new website, which is kind of, well, not kind of, directly follows what we were talking about last night, which is called vapefreeyouth.com. And then what I want to start with tonight is not giving a fuck. How to change your life for the better by ignoring almost everything. Now, I came across two articles that... uh you know, just perfectly go, sorry, came across two articles that perfectly summarize the way I feel about things. And one of them is, you see, I am an ignoring ninja, right? I, I, I for for some reason, I don't know why I am, you know, if you see me walking down the street, I am, or, or just out anyway, I am one of the least friendly people you will ever meet. Bec- and, and the main reason why is because I've got some great friends, I got great family. Um, I probably just don't have time for, or or, or at least don't want to gamble with a random stranger. I got enough friends. I'm I'm happy. I don't, you know, I'm open to having new friends, but certainly not walking down the street or just you know minding my business in a public place. I I, I seek to avoid. I am not friendly. I am one of the least approachable people you will ever see. Yet somehow, some I don't know why, I am a magnet for crazy people. They want to talk to me. And I'm not talking about, you know, like a, a bum asking for money or something like that. I understand they, they're going to ask everybody they see. That's what they do. I don't mind that. That's par for the course. I'm talking about just crazy or lonely people who want to engage in a conversation for some reason out of all people. They want to talk to me, so I have developed some ninja skills for ignoring and avoiding and not giving a fuck about anyone. And it's made my life better. Now, explaining to people how to not give a fuck uh, is difficult, and I've wanted to do this for a while, and then I came across the best thing I have ever read in my life written by a gentleman who said it way better than I ever could have dreamed of saying it on the subtle art of not giving a fuck. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this masterpiece, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you another story, and then I am going to unleash hell. So um, I hope you enjoy this. This is a story, uh, this is an article written by, will uh, uh, look, Mark, Mark somebody, Mark Manson. I have no idea who Mark Manson is, but he is a genius. Let me read to you what he wrote. In my life, I have given a fuck about many people and many things. I have also not given a fuck about many people and many things. And those fucks I have not given have made all the difference. People often say the key to confidence and success in life is to simply not give a fuck. Indeed, we often refer to the strongest, most admirable people we know in terms of their lack of fucks given. Like, oh, look at Susie working weekends again. She doesn't give a fuck. Or, did you hear that Tom called the company president an asshole and still got a raise anyway? Holy shit, that dude does not give a fuck. Or, Jason got up and ended his date with, Kaf- with, with Cindy after 20 minutes. He said he wasn't going to listen to her bullshit anymore. Man, that guy does not give a fuck. Chances are, you know someone in your life who, at one time or another, did not give a fuck and went on to accomplish amazing feats. Perhaps there was a time in your life where you simply did not give a fuck and excelled to some extraordinary heights. I know for myself, again, this is the author talking a note, I know for myself quitting my day job in finance after only six weeks and telling my boss that I was going to start selling dating advice online ranks pretty high up there in my own didn't give a fuck Hall of Fame. Same with deciding to sell, all right, we don't care about you that much, Mark. Okay, now, while not giving a fuck may seem simple on the surface, It's a whole new bag of burritos under the hood. I don't even know what that sentence means, but I don't give a fuck. A bag of burritos sounds awesome, so let's just go with it. The point is, most of us struggle throughout our lives by giving too many fucks in situations where fucks do not deserve to be given. We give a fuck about the rude gas station attendant who gave us too many nickels. We give a fuck when we show we like. When a show we liked was canceled on TV. We give a fuck when our coworkers don't bother asking us about our awesome weekend. We give a fuck when it's raining and we were supposed to go jogging in the morning. Fucks given everywhere. Strewn strewn about like seeds in motherfucking springtime. And for what purpose? For what reason? Convenience? Easy comforts? A pat on the fucking back maybe? This is the problem, my friend. Because when we give too many fucks, when we choose to give a fuck about everything, then we feel as though we are perpetually entitled to feel comfortable and happy at all times. That's when life fucks us. Indeed, the ability to reserve our fucks for only the most fuck-worthy of situations would surely make life a hell of a lot easier. Failure would be less terrifying, rejection less painful, unpleasant necessities more pleasant and the unsavory sit shit sandwiches a little bit more savory i mean if we could only give a few fucks less or a few more consciously directed fucks then life would feel pretty fucking easy what we don't realize is that there is a fine art of non-fuck giving people aren't just born not giving a fuck in fact We're born giving way too many fucks. Ever watch a kid cry his eyes out because his hat is the wrong shade of blue? Exactly. Fuck that kid. Developing the ability to control and manage the fucks you give is the essence of strength and integrity. We must craft and hone our lack of fuckery over the course of years and decades. Like a fine wine, our fucks must age into a fine vintage only uncorked and given on the most special fucking occasions this may sound easy but it's not most of us most of the time get sucked in by life's mean trivialities steamrolled by its unimportant dramas we live and die by the side notes and distractions and vicissitudes that suck the fucks out of us like sasha gray in the middle of a gangbang This is no way to live, man. Stop fucking around. Get your fucks together. And here, allow me to fucking show you. Subtlety number one, not giving a fuck does not mean being indifferent. It means being comfortable with being different. When most people envision giving no fucks whatsoever, they envision a kind of perfect and serene indifference to everything, a calm that weathers all storms. This is misguided. There is absolutely nothing admirable or confident about indifference. People who are indifferent are lame and scared. They're couch potatoes and internet trolls. In fact, indifferent people often attempt to be indifferent because in reality, they actually give too many fucks. They are afraid of the world and the repercussions for their own choices. Therefore, they make none. They hide in a gray, emotionless pit of their own making, self-absorbed and self-pitied perpetually distracting themselves from this unfortunate thing, demanding their time and energy called life. My mother was recently screwed out of a large chunk of money by a close friend of hers. Had I been indifferent, I would have shrugged my shoulders, sipped some mocha, and downloaded another season of The Wire. Sorry, Mom. But instead, I was indignant. I was pissed off. I said, no, screw that, Mom. We're going to lawyer the fuck up and go after this asshole. Why? Because I don't give a fuck. I'll ruin this guy's life if I have to. This illustrates the first subtlety about not giving a fuck. When we say "damn, watch our," when we say "damn, watch out, Mark Manson," he just doesn't give a fuck. We don't mean that Mark Manson doesn't care about anything. On the contrary, what we mean is that Mark Manson doesn't care about adversity in the face of his goals. He doesn't care about pissing pissing some people off who do what he feels right or important or noble. What we mean is that Mark Manson is the type of guy who would write about himself in the third person and use the word fuck in an article 127 times just because he thought it was the right thing to do. He just doesn't give a fuck. This is what is so admirable. No, not me, dumbass. The overcoming of adversity, that kind of stuff. Sharing failure in the face and shoving your middle finger back at it. The people who don't give a fuck about adversity or failure or embarrassing themselves or shitting the bed a few times. The people who just laugh and then do it anyway because they know it's right. They know it's more important than them and their own feelings and their own pride and their own needs. They say, fuck it, not to everything in life, but rather they say, fuck it to everything unimportant in life. They reserve their fucks for what truly fucking matters. Friends, family, purpose, burritos, and an occasional lawsuit or two. And because of that, because they reserve their fucks for only the big things, the important things, people give a fuck about them in return. Subtlety number two. To not give a fuck about adversity, you must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity. Eric Hoffer once wrote, a man is likely to mind his own business when it was, let me say that again, because this this quote is so good. I should read it twice, but I, I should at least read it once properly. Sorry about that. Eric Hoffer once wrote, a man is likely to mind his own business when it is worth minding. When it is not, he takes his mind off his own meaningless affairs by minding other people's business. The problem with people who hand out fucks like ice cream at a goddamn summer camp is that they don't have anything more fuckworthy worthy to dedicate their fucks to. Think for a second. You're at a grocery store, and there's an elderly lady screaming at the cashier, berating him for not accepting her 30-cent coupon. Why does this lady give a fuck? It's just 30 cents. Well, I'll tell you why. That old lady doesn't have anything better to do with her days than sit at home cutting out coupons all morning. She's old and lonely. Her kids are dickheads and never visit. She hasn't had sex in over 30 years. Her pension is on its last legs, and she's probably going to die in a diaper thinking she's in Candyland. She can't fart without extreme lower back pain. She can't even watch TV for more than 15 minutes without falling asleep or forgetting the main plot line. So she snips coupons. That's all she's got. It's her and her goddamn coupons. All day, every day. It's all she can give a fuck about because there's nothing else to give a fuck about. And so when that pimply-faced 17-year-old cashier refuses to accept one of them, when he defends his cash register's purity the way knights used to defend Maiden's virginites, you can damn well bet Granny is going to erupt and verbally Hulk smash his fucking face in. Eighty years of fucks will rain down all at once like a firestorm of back in my day and people used to show me more respect stories, boring the world around her to tears in her creaking and wobbly voice. If you find yourself... Consistently giving too many fucks about trivial shit that bothers you. Your ex-girlfriend's new Facebook picture. How quickly the batteries die in the remote. Missing out on a yet another two-for-one sale on hand sanitizer. Chances are you don't have much going on in your life to give a legitimate a legitimate <laughs> chances are you don't have much going on in your life to give a legitimate fuck about. And that's your real problem, not the hand sanitizer. In life, our fucks must be spent on something. There is really no such thing as not giving a fuck. The question is simply how we choose to allot our fucks. You only get a limited number of fucks to give over your lifetime, so you must spend them with care. As my father used to say, fucks don't grow on trees. Okay, he never said that, but fuck it. Pretend like he did. The point is that fucks have to be earned and then invested wisely. Fucks are cultivated like a beautiful fucking garden where if you fuck shit up and the fucks get fucked, then you're fucking fucked. Your fucks all the fuck up. Subtlety number three. We all have a limited number of fucks to give. Pay attention to where and who you give them to. When we're young, we have tons of energy. Everything is new and exciting. And everything seems to matter so much. Therefore, we give tons of fucks. We give a fuck about everything and everyone. About what people are saying about us. About whether that cute boy or girl called us back or not. About whether our socks match or not. Or what color our birthday balloon is. As we get older, we gain experience and begin to notice that most of these things have little lasting impact on our lives. Those people's opinions we cared about so much before have long been removed from our lives. We found the love we need, and so those embarrassing romantic rejections cease to mean much anymore. We realize how little people pay attention to the superficial details about us, and we focus on doing things more for ourselves rather than for others. Essentially, we've become more selective about the fucks we're willing to give. This is something called maturity. It's nice. You should try it sometime. Maturity is what happens when one learns to only give a fuck about what's truly fuck-worthy. As Bunk Moreland said in The Wire to his partner David McNulty, that's what you get for giving a fuck when it wasn't your turn to give a fuck. Then, as we grow older and enter middle age, something else begins to change. Our energy levels drop, our, identi- our identities solidify. We know who we are, and we no longer have a desire to change what now seems inevitable in our lives. And in a strange way, this is liberating. We no longer need to give a fuck about everything. Life just is what it is. We realize that we're never going to cure cancer or go to the moon. <laughs> we realize that we're never going to cure cancer or go to the moon or feel Jennifer Aniston's tits. And that's okay. Life fucking goes on. We now reserve our ever dwindling fucks only for the most truly fuckworthy parts of our lives our families, our best friends, our golf swing. And to our astonishment, this is enough. This simplification actually makes us really fucking happy. Then, somehow, one day, much later, we wake up. And we're old. And along with our gum lines and our sex drive, our ability to give a fuck has receded to the point of non-existence. In the twilight of our days, we carry out a paradoxical existence where we no longer have the energy to give a fuck about the big things in life and instead we must dedicate the few fucks we have left to the simple and mundane yet increasingly difficult aspects of our lives. Where to eat lunch doctor's appointments for creaky joints, 30-cent discounts at the supermarket, and driving without drifting to sleep and killing a parking lot full of orphans. You know, practical concerns. Then, one day, in our deathbed, surrounded by the people we gave the majority of our fucks to throughout our life, and those few who still give a fuck about us, with a silent gasp, we will gently let our last fuck go through the tears and the gently fading beeps of the heart monitor and the ever dimming fluorescence encapsulating us in its divine hospital halo. We drift into some unknowable and unfuckable place. Mark Manson. I uh, found the rest of his blog to be quite good too. I'll certainly lo- uh, link to it in the, uh, in the replay notes, and there he is for you in the chat as well. So, what was the other thing that I saw that just made me think, wow, here is an example of people giving way too much of a fuck. Well, it came in, I don't know what state it was in, I forget. It doesn't matter. It was about, this is about actually, this, um, there's this old, this guy, He's a a minister, a pastor, you know, some nonsense. And um, he had a stroke uh, and a serious one. So he's been in the hospital for some time and he's getting to the point where he is able to get uh, treatment in his own home. So uh, his house was not wheelchair accessible. So his wife did a very sensible thing. She... Contract. She hired some contractors, and they built a wheelchair ramp to let him get into the house. What happened next? Well, here's the news report. Listen to this.
1: The wife of this minister says she had no idea that she had to ask her homeowners association to install a wheelchair ramp for her husband after he got sick unexpectedly and had to have rehab at home. She came to us to get help and hopefully avoid a lawsuit. The Brotnax family says this wheelchair ramp is the only way their father and husband Michael Brotnax can come into his house after suffering a debilitating stroke last summer. He's been fighting ever since to recover. But last week, Mrs. Brotnax had a different setback when the Homeowners Association for the Woodlands at Copperstone in Brentwood threatened to sue her family if they don't take the ramp down. She received this letter from Alvin Harris, an attorney representing the
2: HOA. The association demands that within 14 days of the date of this letter, you remove the wheelchair ramp.
1: It continues with the consequences the Broughton Axis could face if they don't meet the demands.
2: Paragraph 18 and 24 of the declaration authorize the association to come onto your property and remove the ramp and charge you with the cost of the work.
1: It then reads, if you force the association to sue you, it will seek a court order and charge the Brotnaxes for the legal fees.
2: I think it's very, very insensitive.
1: All of this as Mr. Brotnax, a well-known pastor, is back in the hospital recovering from another
2: brain surgery. And within 14 days, I have to try to get that ramp down within 14 days bring him home when he comes home from the hospital, how am I going to get him in the house?
1: The family found out a few days before Thanksgiving Mr. Brotnax could have therapy at his home. The family says the HOA never said anything until now.
2: Mrs. Brodnacks said she never even knew it was a problem. My husband always took care of the household needs, so I've been forced to be head of household. Like I said, if I had known I needed to take these steps, I would have done that.
1: This afternoon, I went to Gertner and Company, which manages the HOA, looking for answers. I had to leave messages, but got a response late this afternoon saying the governing documents for this community require that all exterior improvements receive prior approval. A letter was sent to the owner regarding the ramp as no application for approval had been received. The board did not know the ramp was for the homeowner, Mr. Broadnax. The association would like to work with the owners on a compromise regarding the appearance and location of the ramp in compliance with any applicable laws. Now, the attorney who wrote that letter for the HOA is on vacation and couldn't be reached for a response in this story, but the Americans with Disabilities Act does protect people with disability and accessibility issues. We'll have a link for more information on our website, WSMV.com. I'm Haley Mason, Channel 4 News.
0: So, this is some homeowner society who clearly does not know how to properly dispense their fucks. So they got these rules, you can't can't put it in the wheelchair ramp, You know what they could have done, what a normal person would have done is picked up the phone, called the lady and said, hey, we noticed that you have a wheelchair ramp out that you you installed in your house. Now, normally, what most people think when they see a wheelchair ramp, I would think would be, Oh, gosh, Um, I hope somebody's all right. Maybe they would have started the conversation saying, did something happen? Are, Are you okay? And they would have promptly found out that her husband had a serious stroke and needs this ramp to get into the house. But no, they didn't do that. They immediately lawyered up, said, get the ramp out. If you don't get it out in two weeks, we will come onto your property. We will destroy it, remove it, and send you a bill. And oh, by the way, if you dare contact a lawyer, we will seek a court uh, injunction against you. Sometimes, like in this case, if you indiscriminately swing your fuck-giving dick around, it will come back and dick-fuck-slap you in the face. And that's what exactly happened here. Now, it's all over the news. It's getting shared like crazy over... So these people look like fucking assholes. Yet they had another chance. After the news contacted them, that should have maybe tipped them off that some people were going to find out about this and how fucking stupid they are. This was their chance where they could have said in a statement, I don't know, something like we didn't realize the situation, um, we, we we're going, to, you know, we're going to take a second look at this, we we ex- you know, we express uh I don't know, you know, fake caring about this guy, which of course they don't. Something, you know. Instead, they said, "We're we're willing to look. For, we're we're willing to work with the family to compromise." Those are their words. Compromise. Now, if this was me, I'd say, "Sure, let's compromise." Here's my compromise. What's going to happen is. Everybody from the Housing Authority Board, and that means you don't get to hire somebody, no, you people who sit on the board, you're going to come finish my ramp. First, you're going to get on your hands and knees and sand my fucking ramp, daniel Sand style. Mr. Miyagi, say right the circle, left the circle. Mr. Miyagi is not Italian. Anyway, you get the idea. Breathe in, breathe out. Next, you're going to give it a nice coat of varnish. Let that dry. And then sand it again, right the circle, left the circle. then do that another five times. While I sip lemonade on the porch and play with myself, you're going to buff that shit with some steel wool. How'd you like to mow my lawn? Well, that's what you're going to do. You're going to mow my fucking lawn, bitches. Mow it good and you make it look like the green on the 18th hole at Augusta. When you're done with that, you can water my fucking petunias. And when you're done with that, I will now allow you to try to convince me to not have my lawyer go Game of Thrones on your ass for violating the Americans with Disabilities Act. Then you can come visit my father while he's recovering, and you're going to bring balloons. Not the cheap ones either. I want the premium shit, the fancy ones that look like clouds and hearts and ponies and bananas with arms and legs wearing sunglasses. Then, and only then, I will agree to move this big, fat cock that is currently balls deep in your ass. How's that for a compromise, motherfucker? It's a Christian family, and I do intend to send this podcast to them as well as to the housing authority. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the the lady can deliver the message in this way, but she'll find her own way. I hope. So, you know, the article that I wrote, that that I read, I'm sorry, from from that blog, it seems to kind of contradict what I just did. It says, don't smut the small stuff. After all, I don't know these people. I'll, I'll never meet them. Why do I care so much and take up 30 minutes of my show and that shit I wrote that took about an hour? Well, why'd I take all this time about something that I really shouldn't give a fuck about? I seem to be some sort of a hypocrite. But I do give a fuck. I give a fuck about you, my audience. Did I try to entertain you? You're goddamn motherfucking right. Good fucking evening everybody. Welcome to Click Fucking Bang. So, kind of picking up where we left off last week. We were talking about, you know, I had Dimitri on, and he was talking about this meeting he had with a bunch of other people, with uh, Mitch Zeller himself, and about all the, uh, you know, the kid, kid-friendly labels, whatever you want to call it. All that stuff. And the uh, response was overwhelming and overwhelmingly one-sided. People are fed up with this shit. There are e-liquid manufacturers with these ridiculous labels that, you know, forget about. There's a few issues here. There's Number one, there is marketing to kids. That's not what's happening. We all agree on that, I would think. I don't think any of these companies are intentionally marketing to mis- to, uh, to kids. I think, uh, you know, Grim Green had a one of his uh, vlogs recently, and I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, they are targeting our sense of nostalgia, and I don't have a problem with that concept. I do have a problem with their execution, the way they're doing it, the images they're using, um, because ultimately it is something that can be abso- absolutely can be dangerous. When you have these products, and don't get me wrong, is yes, it's the parent's responsibility. Of course it is, and good luck with that. That said, you have these products, many of which do not have childproof tops. Something, and and it's something that looks like a a bottle of not juice in the in the in the the sense of e-liquid. It looks like like a tasty little fruit beverage, you know. It's got a little squeezy bottle and a fucking pop-top. They can, you know, it's something that they would they would see at the store with, 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 with all the candy and, and all the sodas. So if they were to see this, would they pick it up and try to drink it? Of course they would. All right? So that's one of the issues. The, the other issue is, of course, what's going to happen with the government. And now, now, listen, you may believe what the FDA says. You may, or you may think that Mitchell is a fucking liar. That's your own personal opinion and you're you're entitled to it but if you think for one second that our government wh- whichever branch it is doesn't matter if you think that our government is going to allow nicotine products to be sold with cartoons dancing on them and you know fucking mickey mouse and daffy duck and captain crunch if you think that they are going to allow that on a nicotine product I have a fucking bridge to sell you. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It is only happening right now because there is no law yet. So this is all coming, and that almost makes this kind of thing that's going on now irrelevant. One day it's going to be here, and you're either going to do it or you're going to be breaking the law, and that's also a choice you can make for yourself. But that said there is this movement now and it's completely unorganized just as you know, people have talked about what was said and people have chose to make changes and you know kind of plant their flag is saying I'm not doing this shit many companies in a week have decided to completely revamp their marketing this was done yeah, normally when you have to when this shit happens, it's done because the government puts a gun to your head. This was completely voluntary. There is nothing bad that anyone can do to you about talking about this to force you to do it. Of course, if you're smart, you may think to yourself, wow, this is something that's important to people. Maybe I should stop doing it. So people don't refuse to buy my product just by looking at the label. Which I believe is going to start happening. Which is obvious; it already has started happening. So let's talk about this website. Um, I think it's youthfreevaping.com. I want to make sure I got that right. Jeez, you would have think I would have. You would have think I would have done that first. No, it's not. Shit. What's the, someone help me out. What's the fucking website? Uh, Vape Free Youth, thank you. <laughs> you Youth Free Vaping actually wouldn't have been very good. VapeFreeYouth.com Let me make sure that's right. And this is where the show screams to a halt. There we go. Okay, so if you go there, if you go to VapeFreeYouth.com, you will see uh, a mission statement and uh, what this group, which is not, uh, this is not something... Uh, it's not an association. It's not a. It's it's really not a group. It's just a. It's just a bunch of people who agree on everything that this website says. Statement of principles. Youth access. We don't sell to persons under the age of eighteen. Child resistant packaging. We agree that all bottled e-liquid is required to have child resistant and tamper uh, evident packaging. Uh, marketing materials. We agree that marketing imagery, nomenclature, and product naming must not, pers- not must not target persons under the legal age to purchase. Online access. We believe that verified adult access to these products online is entirely acceptable. Age verification online. We are committed to the deployment of robust third-party age verification for online purchases across the entire industry. Age verification in a retail space. We agree that all consumers who appear to be under the age of 27 should be required to verify their age with valid photo identification before before purchase. Age verification for training. We agree that employees at all retail uh, locations should be trained to actively verify age before purpose flavoring. We believe that flavors play an important role in providing adult smokers an appealing and satisfying alternative to combustible tobacco products. Flavors target adults only. We are committed to the deployment of a sensible protocol to ensure flavors used are not being used to target children. Open invitation. We encourage and call on members and stakeholders of the electronic cigarette and vaping industry to show support by signing, adhering to, and upholding these principles. Okay, so those are the Ten Commandments. Um, I don't strongly uh oh well, it doesn't matter because this is not for, I'm a consumer, I'm just a consumer. I'm not in the biz. Uh, it doesn't really matter what I think because this is for distributors, manufacturers, brick and mortars, and other associations, right? So it doesn't matter that I don't really agree with all 10 of them, but I certainly agree with the vast majority. Under that, you will find commitments. These are from e-liquid companies or manufacturers, brick and trade all those categories that agree. And it will take you quite a long time to get to the bottom of this page. I don't know how many there are. It seems like hundreds. Uh, it's It's... It's one after another. I mean, there's a ton. Now, I did take the time to actually pay, go page by page and look through all of this before. And I don't know all of these companies, but I certainly recognize the big ones. And I think that if you look through that list and you look who signed up for this, who's on board with this, I should say, This is well over half of the e-liquid distribution in the country. There's no question about it. That might be a conservative number. So in one week, did half of the industry suddenly change their minds and decide that this is the right thing to do? No. They already thought this. Not because some government bureaucrat said this is going to happen anyway. No. They thought that these kind of labels, this fucking chicken shit is bullshit. And it's irresponsible. And I don't know. It's offensive, really. I'm all for anyone's right to offend, to speak their mind, to market however way they want. Right? Right? I'm against shit. Forget about uh, forget about me being against uh, you know child friendly labels. I am against laws that require. I'm sorry. I am against laws that ban the sale of e liquids to minors. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the crazy guy, and I really believe that. I could go into it, but that's not we're off topic here. I don't agree with any of the shit being law. But there's nothing about this that's a law. Not yet, at least. What we have today is over half the industry agreeing that this is a good common sense practice and it didn't happen out of fear. This is not out of fear. This is out of fuck you. Fuck you to all the companies that are just doing this fucking bullshit marketing because they know they can for a limited period of time. So yes, fuck you. People have been thinking about this for a long time. Why they decided to find well, I, I don't know. I guess it always it's, it's the same as anything. Someone decided to stand up and say "fuck you," and everyone else said, "Well, we've been thinking this for a long time, and we're gonna we're gonna go uh, full speed ahead into this zero fucks given." We have a call from the eight six zero area code. Eight six zero. You're on the air. Hey, Russ, it's Jamie yo what's up Jamie
3: hey man it's been a while how are you
0: doing good good in the hood how about yourself how is uh let's see if I can remember how is um I I I, I know you didn't call for a plug but I'm gonna I'm gonna do one uh, let me guess hold on is, is it the new England vaping company.com or new England Newenglandvaping.com.
3: new england vaping.com
0: new England vaping.com even shorter even better how's how's biz
3: yeah uh, business is good, man. Uh, we've had a great we've had a great few months uh, now that the endless snow has ended. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, the weather's nice. More people coming outside. and I, I saw. Buying some
0: I saw an article like a week or two ago that said that like Massachusetts was still re- removing their snow.
3: Uh, I'm pretty sure most of it's gone. Uh, there might still be some snow piles somewhere, but they're not really in public view if they if they are there. No, it's mostly gone. I'm pretty sure 99.9% of it's gone, thank God. No. But yeah, so um I uh I mean I mean we've discussed this before in the past and and Helene and I have always believed in in principles if not exactly like these, but very very similar to these and we've always we've always tried to give our give our business and and sell our customers products that that meet these specifications. I've been doing this for, since we opened pretty much. Mhm. Um, So the day that Dimitri announced his page, I was here and I signed and I got all of my suppliers to sign because they are already doing it. There's a lot of people doing it. And uh, I mean, I I don't I I don't personally believe that we need candy colored labels and I don't, you know, and candy on the bottle and cartoon characters to sell this liquid. If your liquid's good, it's going to sell itself. That's right until we can't sample anymore. So, um, and that might come too. So, but um, it, it, it's not necessary. And the people that are doing it, I don't want to, I would, I don't want to be involved. And everyone's like, well, trademark infringement. um, That's not, this doesn't cover trademark infringement at all. Of course, I don't believe that companies should be ripping off people's IP and putting it on their bottles, but the lawyers will handle that. That's not up to the government. That's up to the companies that own the trademarks.
0: Yeah. And that, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because these two issues uh, seem to be getting intertwined, and and they have nothing to do with each other, really. There is the issue of exactly. there is the issue of uh, imagery and, and marketing that appears to be enticing to children. There is that one issue, and then there is another issue that sometimes uses these childlike logos, but sometimes uh, images, but sometimes not, where there are companies simply taking other people's um, intellectual property or, or copyrighted uh, logos, whatever, and using it on their their own thing. So th- these are two different things, and,
3: and they're either using it. They're either using it outright or they're modifying it slightly and saying we're good. Right. But I mean, I, uh, people have gotten cease and desist recently. Um, there was a freaking mainstream news article about General Mills and the Girl Scouts sending out cease and desist to these companies. So the lawyers will handle that issue and. The people that are just in it for the cash and are blatantly disrespecting people's intellectual property will be dealt with swiftly. Um, so that, that's—I'm that's, not worried about that. I'm worried about about how how this industry looks. No, no. Now hold on a second. Hold on.
0: Hold on one sec, Jamie. Because yeah. before before we leave that yeah, topic, you know, go for it. Before we leave the yeah. IP and the copyright thing, I want to. Uh, Kevin did a a show on this on Sunday.
3: I heard this on I heard this this morning. Yeah, yes. and
0: and there's uh, listen, there's a lot of things I disagree with Kevin about, but one thing that he nailed on the head with this whole uh, copywriting thing and the, the the intellectual property and using other people's uh, you know stuff, he hit the nail on the head as far as that's concerned. He said, oh, "Well, hold on a second, people are all up in arms over General Mills and the cereal they sell and the Los Angeles Dodgers." And uh, you know whoever else, Coca-Cola or, or whatever, or Smarties or Snapple, people are all up in arms about those multi-multi-million, multi-billion-dollar companies. And some, in some case. you're worried about that. Yet at the same time, you're going out and you're buying clones that have this the same thing. If they they got other people's trademarks and copyrights and and logos. Uh, and even, even and I guess you would call those uh, replicas or counterfeits or whatever, even in that, in the case where it's, right. to, you know, people stealing other people's designs and selling them and you guys, so you guys care about that shit when it's General Mills and Coca-Cola, but you don't care about that shit when it's, you know, Avid Vapor or Hannah Mods or whoever, it's a fucking joke. And he's right for all of you people out there screaming about IP and copyrighted and images and all that shit while you're. Token on a clone, you know what? You have no leg to stand on. Shut the fuck up. Because if if you're not willing to do it in this industry to care about that shit in this industry, yet you're gonna stand behind General Mills, you're a fucking hypocrite. I agree with him hundred hundred percent on that. And then we can get back to the main topic.
3: Well, I'm I'm not I'm not active I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend that on two fronts because I don't actively sell clones. I don't actively purchase clones anymore. I have some left in inventory that I bought. A while back, but I'm not buying any new clones because everything from China, uh, has, Chinese product has gotten so good and they're making their own designs now. So, why would I buy someone else's IP? Why would I, and either try to sell it as a replica or peddle it off to someone else when I can buy something that's original from China that won't get me in any crap with anybody? and sell that to my customers if it's just as good. Do me I, a favor. That's my opinion.
0: Do me so a favor, Jamie, just uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to write a little note here cuz I know no, I've heard about this. So let's talk about that after we're done with the subject. I know nothing about these these uh new Chinese things that so let's talk about that afterwards cuz you, you you're definitely more aware of it than me. But let's we can go back to the topic now.
3: Sure. Um yeah, so um but I, I, I I understand the concern Kevin has, and I understand his argument there. I completely do. I don't and I don't believe in that. But you look at it in the big picture, though, what is a senator going to go up in front of or a a city council member or any type of politician going to go up in front of a group of, you know, influential people or the press and hold up? Are they going to hold up a a clone of whatever Cisco's latest mod is. I don't even know what it's called. I think it's the Velocity. Sorry, Cisco. Or are they going to hold up a bottle of Fruit Loops General Mills e-liquid, of General course. Mills cloned e-liquid?
0: Of course, and it doesn't even need to be so, that. I mean, it, it, it doesn't even need to be that. It's just anything with a fucking dog jumping jumping over a rainbow or whatever the, the people are doing out there. And it's and anyone will believe, anyone, any any layperson person who's not a smoker not a vapor will look at that and say holy shit this is like what they used to do when they put the when when they were running winston ads on fucking on on the fucking flintstones you know um they're going to be like oh they're yeah. just like big to, they're just like big tobacco and when and then when these senators say this is big tobacco all over again they're going to believe them of course they're going to believe them and they're going to get anything they want they're gonna they're gonna write whatever they write down on, on that piece of paper they're gonna make it first and foremost about this fucking child marketing they're gonna throw a bunch of other shit in there that's fucking atrocious and then it, it's gonna pass people are gonna support this kind of shit because we're too stupid yeah of course to, they are yeah
3: I, I mean i don't want any i don't want any part of that and i've I've seen it coming i mean i mean it's been this is not news I mean, but it, at least now we're finally getting riled up about it and it needs to happen. And I'm happy to see all of these companies on this Vape for Youth page committing to this. And I hope that they keep their word.
0: You know what's interesting, though? I know I will. This is, you know, this industry has ostensibly been around for six to seven years. But, you know, the the, 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 the companies, you know, making USA e-liquid and stuff, maybe, maybe that's like six years old, five, six years old. Uh, though most of the manufacturers are, are two years old or less. So even if you go yeah. back two years, you never used to see these labels. You never used to see this shit. It's really only in the past year, and then it's just rocketed in well, the past six months that people are doing this, and I'm not sure why.
3: I, I, I My personal view into this is there are a lot of people who see the money. There are a lot of people who aren't necessarily business people. They might be young entrepreneurs. They see what companies like Space Jam have built and companies like, you know, and, and all of these large vapor companies that weren't large when they started have, have built and they think I'm good at marketing. I can mix some stuff together and sell it. I can get a, a vendor to go out and make that. I could get a manufacturer to make this for me and I'm good at marketing. All these juice lines. I mean, I was at ECC last year and it wasn't, talking about quality it wasn't talking about variety it was it was just who can market the loudest and these are ways that people are marketing louder and they're ta- they're pushing the limits and i mean the market is so unbelievably saturated phil said it best everyone in their grandma has a juice line now i mean i'm, I'm sure you're launching yours next week ross it's going to be called the i don't give a fuck line right
0: <laughs> yeah good luck with that
3: yeah, I know, right? Um, so everyone has juice lines now, and they need to figure out ways to market these products over the noise. And when you're looking in a vape shop at a shelf of e-liquid, your eye or your eye is going to be, even if you're an adult, is going to be traced to is going to be tracked to the ones that have the best marketing and the best. And that might. And I mean, Nick said it best. They're, they're marketing to your nostalgia. If you see. You know, cinnamon toast crunch or tricks. You remember that. You know it. It's something you know already, and you immediately make that connection in your brain, and that's the one you buy. Well,
0: here's here's so here's what know I, that. Here's what I disagree with you on, Jamie, is that um, yeah. you're characterizing these practices as good marketing. I would characterize them as lazy marketing. I would say that you can using sure. even even with b- bright colors or or, or whatever. Um, you can make your bottle stand out among the rest, but it's lazy to do it with, you know, a, 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 a bunny or or, or or unicorn or whatever. You can do it in other ways that is clearly, yep. um, at least, the, you can make it a, a clearly something that is meant to attract an adult. And I think you can of do it. Of course, you can. You can do it better. That now that's good marketing. If you could find out a way that really attracts yeah. the adult using good signage and and, and advertising. Then that's good marketing. What they're doing is just lazy.
3: Yeah. But there's a lot of companies that don't have that experience and think that hey, we can just slap some freaking sour patch kids on the front of this bottle and sell a ton of it. Yeah. You know, so uh, it it uh, the companies clearly the companies that are signing this are established companies and shop and, and shops and advocacy groups. Established companies that have figured out that we can't just keep I mean, we can't do what these companies are doing. I mean, we just, I'm, I'm going to plug a line that I just brought into my shop, if, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I want to plug no. their marketing. I don't mind. Um, a company called The Vapors Null uh, has a new line called The King of the Cloud, and we brought it into our store, and their marketing is very unique, and I don't believe it Mark. It goes directly after, uh, it goes to children. Um, I mean, everyone in the chat, I just posted the link there, it's uh, vaporsnull.com can make up their own mind on that. But we really liked the way they market, because when we, when a company sends us samples, the first thing we look at before we even crack it open and taste it is the label and the pamphlets included with it. It, does this meet our brand? Does this, is this irresponsibly, you know, could this be irresponsibly, you know, unintentionally recognized as marketing to kids? Is it inappropriate? Like I'm not going to sell a liquid that says, I don't give a fuck you know, because it's not my market. So that's what I look at. And they had it very tastefully well done with some great art, and it looks good. So we brought them in, and, of course, the stuff tasted good, so we brought them in, and people liked it. So, you know, it's – you don't need to. You just need to be professional and do the work, and good things will come.
0: Yeah, I took a quick stroll through the site. looks good to me. Uh, It would satisfy my criteria. Now, the the problem with with a lot of the stuff is that – it is so subjective. Um, uh, the government is not good at regulating subjectivity, so I think whatever they do is going to right. just be a, a hammer that comes down, and it's it's, it's not going to be pretty. But it's nice to see this stuff happening in between. Um, what this uh, you, when you go through the site, um, all of these, you know, all the people that are signed up. It, it's interesting. Like I said, it's it's this is not something that consumers are signing up to. Consumers, you you know, consumers can sign up to whatever they want with their wallet. You know, buy shit or not buy shit, right. based upon you know what might con- you know they might consider to be bad ideas for marketing. That's up to everybody individually, and I'm uh, I think some minds have been changed in the last week. But what um, what I see on this are distributors, manufacturers, brick and mortars, and, and associations. Okay, so an association saying we support this. Okay, that's nice. That's a good thing. Um, e-liquid manufacturers saying this is what we do or what we intend to do. That's nice. The big, the big ones are the distributors and the brick and mortars, because now you have the people who are really responsible for moving product, saying if you do this shit, you can't be on our team, you can't be at our party, you can't be in our boxes. Um, and I think that's gonna, and that's where I got from just looking at, you know, particularly for the distributors on the page. That's where I'm estimating that at least half the market half the distribution market of, uh, e-liquid in this country is already on board with this. They didn't change their minds on this. They were already on board with this. Now they're just saying it publicly. Um, will other e-liquid manufacturers change their mind on the subject, um, who are vehemently against it? Um, they probably won't. Will they change their logos because they can't find anybody to ship their stuff or put it on a shelf? Well, maybe they will.
3: I think what Jeremy, a good life vapor is doing is it really is, a you know, put your money where your mouth is statement to this. And the fact that he will call shops and if they are selling his product next to these products that are, you know, that have labels that they consider inappropriate. I don't know what that criteria would be, but I'm hoping that they use good judgment um, and say, you know, you're not allowed to sell our stuff. We will buy it back from you. We will not send you anymore if you do not stop selling that that is a real you know they could lose business from that and that they could lose revenue and that is saying we are really in for the long haul on this we don't want uh, you know these brands diluting our brand that that says something to me and that that means you know that means a lot so yeah
0: somebody asked an interesting uh a, a good question um isn't aimsa supposed to be the guideline um no uh they're not aimsa provides uh th- their focus is uh I-, I don't even know if they have a guideline on marketing or not it's certainly not they their, don't. it's and, and and that's understandable i'm because sure that
3: will change in the future maybe
0: but it's not their main objective but, uh, and it will never be their main objective yep. their main objective is manufacturing processes for their members and to be a member um that's really what you're signing on to how this stuff how the e-liquid should be made you can agree with it, you can disagree with it, but right. that is their that is their focus. It's not this shit. So, uh, for anyone who thinks that it is or that it should be, well, it's 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 not.
3: And I mean, I'm still insane and only selling Aims to certified or AIMSA member oh. or juices made by AIMSA members. So, and it's working out for me so far. So, well,
0: then you're not insane. And no Aims you know.
3: member does any of this stuff. So, no. <laughs> um.
0: So. And- Anyway, uh, if, if you got any closing uh, thoughts on this issue, I want to talk to you about these new Chinese products. you, you got anything to finish up this conversation with?
3: I just want to say that uh, we can't sit like turtles and just throw our fingers in our ears and scream la-la-la as loud as we can and think that the FDA won't do anything to us. We need to, we need to show good faith and show that we're, we're working to resolve this issue as an industry, and we all really do need to come together and fix this um, to show that we are we are not big tobacco and we can change and we don't need to be sued and and regulated to death in order to to make this happen and I know Kevin said the deemings are already written um but Kev has always been a very glass half empty kind of guy I'm trying to really trying to be glass half full and and say that you know this is going to help so that's just my opinion and well. Well all right I'll um, give
0: I'll give yeah. my I'll give my last two cents that's uh, I agree with Kevin I think the deeming have already been written I don't I I think any changes that are happening now or between the FDA and the OMB about procedural and little you know tiny le- legal stuff that most of us wouldn't even understand that the, the big picture is I believe yeah. done and I do not believe that anything that we do despite this nice effort that's going on I don't believe it's really going to have a major impact on what the government actually decides on that said what the government does actually decide on is it's going to take a long time before it it results in you know you have to do this now it's going to take a long time lawsuits so what this is is a voluntary i don't know what you want to call it movement um thought uh you know something that's happening that is changing um the way that people do marketing in a completely voluntary way right now and uh and that will continue. I, as, as far as I can tell, I've never had a topic where it was so, you know, something that is supposedly controversial. It really, I guess, I I don't think it is. I think people overwhelmingly agree that there's just, yeah, maybe you have a right to do it, but you know, maybe you're a fucking idiot and maybe you shouldn't. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, that's where we are with this. It'll be interesting to see how this, you know, usually this, um, this, Community has an attention span of seventy-two hours. In extreme cases, it's two weeks. It'll be interesting to see what's going on with this in another month or so. But um, anyway, yep. when when it'll be interesting uh, when when people are, are are talking about these new um, original Chinese products, I'm I'm not sure if I understand what they're talking about. Are they talking about things like the Kanger sub boxes, stuff like that? Or are they talking about atomizers? Well,
3: that's that's an example, but um, there's all kinds of everything. Everything, you know, is the, the the Chinese manufacturers are really improving and and actually doing their own designs and making their own products now. There's products like, um, have you heard of the Limo from Eleaf? No. It's a rebuildable tank atomizer made by Eleaf. It's an original design, um, and I'm not saying that these aren't some of these aren't inspired by other products, but they're not you know, one-to-one clones with or without a logo. So they've done some of their own design work or maybe mashed up, you know, three or four different types of atomizers into one with features shared from the other, but they're actually doing the CAD work and the R&D themselves. They're not just stealing it from somewhere else. Um, EH Pro has a bunch of stuff like the, uh, their Mr. Owl RDA is nice. We sell those at our shop, the Billow RTA, uh, and even some tube mods and mechanicals. And of course, You've got products like the iStick, um, the Joytech eGrip. Um I mean, the iStick had some issues with quality, but they seem to have gotten it resolved. Um, you know, Joytech's making stuff. Uh, they have, inkin inkin's always made original products, yeah. and they're Chinese. Yeah. Um, and they are making some great stuff right now, like the MVP Two Pro and uh, the Coolfire Four. I mean, China isn't just a clone machine. They're they're making original products and they're selling them here. And if people stop buying the clones, they would stop being made. It's been said before. Yeah. But people like them. They so, don't want to spend the money on the original. And yeah.
0: So what are you, what are you carrying? Cause you get to hear what customers say after they buy something. What are you carrying in, in terms of the new, like really small, um, high wattage box mods?
3: Uh, I've got, I sell a lot of iStick 50s, and I've you know tested them to make sure that I'm not going to have any problems. I use one every day. That's what I'm vaping right now. I sell a lot of iStick 30s. I've got the new Kanger Subbox kit, which comes with the Kanger Tech 50-watt box with the removable 18650 and the Subtank Mini that's color-matched in white and black. Um, I sell the some of the Sigeli stuff, um, and I sell... I just got the Anakin Coolfire 4 and the new MVP 2 Pro, uh, MVP 3 Pro. So, okay, uh, there's a whole lot of devices coming out of China.
0: Okay, so I got a, I got, got a really I got a, I awesome
3: got at a really nice price point.
0: I got a couple of questions for you. So first, um, everything that I hear, and I'm, I'm, I'm get, I got one coming, so I'll, I'll, I'll know by next week at least initial impressions. I'm getting those Kangar subox man. That they, they just, they look so fucking good, and uh, everyone. I just keep hearing great things about how well the tank works, and the price is fucking awesome. So, so that's what I decided. I'm gonna I'm getting one of those, and I and I hear only good things about them. Now, it's a great kit. Yeah. Now, what about Inakin? Um, I know they have the Cool Fire one. I don't really have any doubt that the Cool the, Fire Four. The Cool Fire Four. Now, I don't have any doubts that that box is going to work very well, based upon Anakin's, uh reputation. But I do have questions about that's paired with some sort of tank, right?
3: Um, well, it, it doesn't come with it, but they have their iSub tank, which is—I mean, I'm vaping on one of those right now too. Actually, I just got them in, um, 15 bucks approximately at a retail store. If you're paying more than that, you're getting ripped off for a sub ohm tank, and the coils are around the prices of older Kanger, Kanger single coil and dual coil uh, heads. So you're getting—you're getting a great value, and they work pretty darn well. I mean. Um, the sub tank is still one of my best sellers. Uh, Boston's a different market than, say, California. We don't sell really any RBA stuff. Um, we really just sell a lot of sub ohm tanks down to you know more basic stuff like dual coil tanks and batteries. So what, this, what, this, uh, these small box mods with a sub ohm tank are selling very well.
0: What um what do you prefer the 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 tank on the on the Kangar or the tank on the Inakin?
3: They're both fine. The Inokin, ha- the Anakin performs wonderfully. The the Kangar performs wonderfully. The numbers, according to Phil, who I trust, uh, are are even. They both regulate properly and do their job. Um, and I mean, I'm not running them much over 30 watts either way, so I don't really need a 50 or even a, a 40 watt mod. I can be fine on a 30. Mm-hmm. So, um, I run them at 25 to 30 watts.
0: What other uh, What other sub ohm tanks are are being responded or are- are- are doing well and people like
3: Uh, the Aspire Nautilus. I mean, the Aspire Atlantis is still a good classic. The Atlantis two came out. People seem to like it, but I think the Atlantis two compared to the Atlantis is like, if the Atlantis was a Mustang, like a Shelby Mustang, the Atlantis two is like a Mustang with like three, three superchargers and a nitrous tank in the back. You hit the fire button on your device, and you just get blasted with vapor with no flavor. So um, it's either the the spare products are still solid. The Kanger sub tank mini really popular, and um, stuff like the Anakin i sub and the Arctic is supposedly popular. I don't sell it because I didn't really like it. But um, everybody and their mother seems to have a sub ohm tank these days, and they're getting uh they're 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 selling. People like them.
0: Now I know you in your market there isn't a lot going on for uh people you know just going straight RDAs and those are typically you know people who are going to build low and and want a ton of power uh so I'm guessing you right. I mean do you carry any like 100 watt stuff cuz I'm interested the I the IPV4 looks really really nice I, I uh I don't I I know I don't need it but it, it, I mean I don't know it's interesting to me it looks nice you you have an experience. I've been able stuff? to get
3: my hands on one. They've all been out of stock with my supplier. Uh, we just we really just have a small number of Sigelli 100, 100 watt boxes that we have in case someone wants one, but they don't sell very often in my store.
0: Okay, so now what about the flip side? But uh, uh, which which actually it, it looks it. it looks like Kanger is um, attempting to address the the flip side with this new sub box. They they ship it with a .5 coil, but they also ship it with a one point five coil. And then they uh, have the airflow right. adjustment to go down to a very small hole, which um, mm-hmm. you know, is a market. Uh, I I would guess that still exists. Otherwise, why would they bother to take the time to develop that? Um, but, oh, it exists. Yeah. N- n- now tell me about that. What what is? Because I am just completely out of loop on you know on 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 the people that vape. You know, at you know ten to twenty watts, uh, using higher mm-hmm. resistance stuff. Is there new stuff coming out for that market?
3: Uh, the sub box seems to be it. Um, it just to tell you the truth, not as much as in the past. Um, has got some new kanger has got, had the, the, um, the emo kit come out rec- uh, that was probably about six months ago, which is years in vape time. Um, but my biggest seller right now though, is an Inokin, an Inokin, uh, CLK 1280, which is a variable voltage stick with a micro USB port built in and you know, a, a, a a dial on the bottom to change your voltage, like an Ego C twist. Um, and like a Kanger dual coil tank, I sell tons of those people love them because they're tiny. They perform fairly well if you're not expecting huge clouds. And, um, I mean the, the people that are, it's not going to satisfy the people that are looking for, you know, the rebuildable experience, but the person walking in off the street that wants to try it and doesn't want to spend a whole ton of money and doesn't want something huge or boxy, it works perfectly for them. And they really like it. We sell tons of them.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, well
3: I mean, and the of course, like the Aspire, the Aspire Atlantic, uh, uh, Nautilus is still insanely popular. We sell tons of those too.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what I've been using mostly for the past few months, and um, yeah, I just decided to go. I'm I'm gonna go for that. Uh, the the kanger. just because it looks so fucking good. It's so much smaller than the the box I'm using now, and it's probably gonna last about the same amount of time, and. Uh, yeah, it just looks great. I mean, I love, I love what they're doing with the. Well, designs. you
3: tried my sub tanks at the bar in, well, outside of the bar in New York City. No, you can say it. The the like the, them, par- so?
0: the Parkside Lounge is happy to uh, have vapors come in and break the law in civil disobedience, just so long as no other customers uh, complain, which they never do. This is a form of civil disobedience that so many dis- uh, so many business owners can engage in on a daily basis um, to say "fuck you" to indoor vaping bans
3: truth.
0: Yeah. But anyway, yeah. When I tried that, right. yeah, it was good. Um, good stuff. Well, listen, uh, I rarely, uh, um, well, have a great night Russ. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the update on all this stuff. I, I, I don't keep up on the, on the tech as much as I used to just cause I use like one thing and I don't care. But, uh, so, but, it, but the, the audience does. So thanks for the update.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, and my market is not the same as others. And a lot of vapors don't seem to realize that, uh, that markets are different and different stores sell different things. So it, it really is the truth. Right on, I'll right on. i you guys on. later.
0: Thanks. There he goes. Be in touch. Bye, Russ. There he goes, everybody. Jamie from uh, newenglandvaping.com. Good buddy. So, okay, so let's wrap. Well, it's not exactly wrapping up, but um, an important part of a story that I've been covering for over a year now probably. If you all don't remember, I mean, you, you'll. Uh, I'm hoping this uh, article has links to what happened in the past. There was this. Uh, there was this motorcycle rally, I guess, if you want to call it that. This was about a year ago, where basically what these people do, they um, they go out by the hundreds. This is in, in New York. They go on the West Side Highway. Well, they go everywhere, but in this case, they went on the West Side Highway, and they basically just, you know a pack of like a couple hundred bikes just parks on the West side highway and stops traffic for a bunch of time. Now, why are they doing this? Because they want to have the road all to themselves. So they're going to stop it at a certain point where no new traffic is going to get on for a significant period of time where they can do their fucking wheelies and whatever the, whatever the fuck they else they want to do. So whatever. Um, What happened was there was a driver of an SUV who was, you know, kind of just like, hey, get the hurry up, get, get get out of my way. I just want to get on my way. And the, there was honking or whatever. He was surrounded by a group of bikers. Um, he felt threatened. They were banging on his windows and all this stuff. So he just peeled the fuck out. He had his uh, his wife and a, a young daughter in the car. He peeled out and ended up. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional. He ended up running over somebody right on their bike. Um, I mean, the bikers were clearly acting like complete assholes in this. Whether or not he could have done something else, I don't know. I don't think it's that easy to be completely rational when you have a bunch of people surrounding your car, banging on it in motorcycles. I think anybody would freak out a bit. Anyway, he peeled. He 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 got the fuck out of there. Continues to be uh, attacked as as he goes down the road. They're trying to get into his car, trying to open his door. It's, it's a whole fucking thing. They chase him down, finally gets off the West Side Highway. They chase him down into Harlem, surround his car, um, break the windows with their helmets, drag him out of his car, and beat him to a bloody pulp in front of his wife and daughter. So that was the story for a while. And then it turns out that one of these bikers... Was a New York City police officer. Not just I'm not talking about one of the guys in the pack. There were probably several cops in the pack. I'm talking about one of the guys who went to the car, smashed it, and drugged this guy out for a beating. So he had so many he had so many choices. He could radio for help, he would call for help. All, all, you know, and as an off duty cop, you can do shit. You can help people. Or or even if, if he thought the right thing to do was to hold this guy in the in the limo until the police got there and maybe arrest him or whatever. Like all these choices he had. Instead, he went to go he went with um assault. He has been convicted, and this is this is quite rare. Um this cop on the bike has been found guilty of assault and riot. Not something you hear every day, and I just wanted to mention that because it kind of ties, well, that's the end of the story for now. I'm sure there'll be more stuff to go with this, but. You know, I mentioned before the the, the whole subtle art of not giving a fuck. Now, here's an example. I, I don't know how many of you are uh NHL fans, and it doesn't really matter. Just take my word for it that the playoffs have been excellent. They've been really exciting. It's been good. So this, um, some guy who is uh, the chairman of NBC Sports, so like, not just, actually not just some guy, like important dude, listen to what he what he does. He watches the playoffs and uh, he decides to give a fuck about the playoff beard, one of the Stanley Cup's Greatest traditions as players go from baby faced athletes to burly mountain men, the deeper their teams advance in the postseason. The players love them, the fans love them. But someone has to be the Scrooge or Scruff, and that man is Mark Lazarus, the chairman of NBC Sports. According to Ed Sherman of the LA, I'm sorry, according to Ed Sherman of the Chicago Tribune, Lazarus actually lobbied the NFL and uh, the NHL, I'm sorry, to end the tradition of playoff beards because in his opinion They hinder the development of new stars in the league during playoffs. Quote, the players won't like this, but I wish they would all stop growing beards in the postseason, Lazarus said. Let's get their faces out there. Let's talk about how young and attractive they are, what model citizens they are. Hockey players truly are one of a kind against professional athletes. No, they're not. They're the same group of fucking dumb jocks, or good at hitting a ball, or throwing a ball, paw- or throwing a ball, or hitting a puck, or or, or whatever. They're the same as the same as anybody. I know it's a tradition and superstition, but I think the beards do hurt recognition. They have a great opportunity with more endorsements, or simply more recognition with fans saying, "That guy looks like the kid next door," which many of the guys do. I think that would be a nice thing. This is what this guy is, is worried about. This is he wants to, he wants people to talk about how young and attractive they are. I, don't know, I think he has some issues that are interfering with his, with his uh, abilities to properly and accurately give fucks or deservedly, I should say. Um, this was something I thought was going to be interesting and maybe it is, but I'm not going to have any part of it. Um, Marge and Homer Simpson are getting legally separated. Um, so at first I was going to be like, you know, I, I used to watch the Simpsons a lot when I was a kid, even through college. I mean, shit, can't believe how long the show's been running. It's been decades, 26 seasons. Look at that. That's amazing. Um, so what they're doing is Marge and Homer are getting legally separated in the premiere of the 27th season. That's a, you know, I'd probably actually watch that until I read this in the premiere. It's discovered that after all the years, Homer has narcolepsy and it's an incredible strain on the marriage. Homer and Marge legally separate. And Homer falls in love with his pharmacist, who is voiced by Lena Dunham. Lena fucking Dunham. Fuck that. You know, it's bad enough. I I admit it. I still watch Girls. I'm ashamed that I do. I swore that I wouldn't. I can't stay away from it because it's so fucking good. But I will not watch a fucking pharmacist with Lena Dunham's voice. No. No, I will not. Why does girls have to be so good? Fucking hate that bitch. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Fuck it.